Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health. And today we're joined by Ryan Briggs, founder of Finwell. We're going to be talking through all things financial well-being today, what organizations can do within their strategies to have a maximum effect on supporting employees in one of the most important areas of their well-being, in addition to what employees can be doing internally to support their own financial well-being status. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to see you. Likewise, likewise. So, discussing all things financial well-being today, 12 minutes is going to be a challenge to be able to condense it down into the airbooks. We always aim for one or two takeaways for the audience today. For those of you or very few people that don't know Ryan Briggs and Finwell, could you give just a bit of a brief introduction to yourself and uh, the amazing organisation that you're in? Yes, sure. Myself, Ryan Briggs, I'm a Diploma Qualified Financial Advisor, been in financial services for over 10 years. Really enjoyed that part of the work that I'd done, giving advice to, to kind of individuals and, and business owners and families. But really my passion lies, I think, from working with employees and helping people in all the steps before financial advice. Massive need for that. We didn't learn the basics at school. So to do that seven or eight years ago with a few companies and doing more of it now. So set up Finwell to, to do that, to help people kind of understand, measure and improve their financial well-being, hopefully leading to better health and mental health too. And it seems like, well, so mental health is a huge acceleration across the last five or so years. It seems like financial well-being is taking exactly the same trajectory across the last couple of years into the next five years. Is that something that you're seeing? Is that fair? Definitely. I think it's like mental health and well-being. It's nothing new. It's been around since day dot. But I think the um, importance of it for companies and their willingness to, to do something about it has definitely increased. I think, you know, events of the last few years obviously have contributed to that. You know, we've locked down and COVID and now the cost of living crisis has just escalated the need for this. And I think the research that's been done, yourselves included, has made it very clear that financial matters are a huge driver, if not the biggest driver of poor mental health as well. And for organisations that at the moment are unsure as to whether there is a problem or a challenge, what are the things that you recommend for them to be able to then make a really strong case to look at financial wellbeing and financial wellbeing initiatives for their team? I think understanding first the need to improve mental health and wellbeing needs to be there. And I know most companies hopefully are there, some further ahead than others. But once you've got to that point, I think just looking at the research, there's, there's so much out there. We have been through a challenging time. No one can hide that. No one has escaped it, really. Some of the stats are quite shocking. The fact that we didn't learn the basics around money at school has been a problem anyway. Last few years with COVID and, and how that's affected business and, and employment and our careers has had a huge impact. And that just means that possibly we didn't have some of the skills that we might have needed to to try and combat this. But there's so much research out there to look at this. And also by asking your employees, we get a lot of inquiries because companies have recently done a survey or, or done some talks with their people and it's top of their list in, in most occasions. So uh, listen to your employees. And if they're telling you that this is something that they want or need, then it's usually a good indicator to, to act on it. And you mentioned you've been running Finwell for, for a year now, which is, yeah, you've done a hell of a lot within a year. How does Finwell support organizations with their financial well-being needs and wants? The name is Finwell Training Limited. So ultimately, we are a training company. 
And we focus predominantly on the, the human people first aspect rather than, you know, tech or platforms or things like that. I think there's some great providers in that space where we come in is, is to try and have that human interaction with employees at all different levels and help understand what financial well-being actually is, which is massively important. We've come up with ways to actually measure that and then to take the steps to, to improve it. And I think there's a psychological aspect to what we do to try and empower employees to actually do that for themselves. I think we all know if we liken it to physical well-being, you know, we all know what we need to do to improve things. We need to have a healthier diet and be more active, but actually doing it, sometimes we need the encouragement or the motivation or, or the inspiration to do that. And that's, that's where we come in. We've kind of got a range of services now, whether it's creating educational content that might do that, whether it's delivering interactive online group workshops or in-person workshops, whether it's one-to-one -one guidance sessions, whatever it might be, everything's designed to empower employees to take the next step and do it themselves if they can. And how, how much is it, you mentioned empowering employees, which I think is really key. How much is it the employee's responsibility when it comes to financial well-being versus the organisation? Because the organisation can have a huge impact from how much people get paid. And I know that doesn't always keep people bulletproof from experiencing financial difficulties, but it definitely does help through to it's down to the employees to, to manage their, their finances and their financial well-being. Yeah, that is a good question. Financial well-being, first and foremost, there's so many different aspects to it. Like when you look at well-being, you can drill down into any element and cover a lot of things. It's the same with financial well-being. And there's elements that we as a company don't cover, such as pay and pensions and things like that. That definitely has to be dealt with and managed by the employer. Their pay and everything else like that, that has to be in place. I'm a big believer that we all have to take responsibility for ourselves, ultimately, when it comes to that. But I think employers have got an element of responsibility, but also an opportunity, really, from, from the companies we speak to, to invest in this, whatever it might be, whatever initiatives they might, might introduce, because it will be a differentiator for them. You know, if we look at just the moral issue, it's the right thing to do. It makes business sense. We're seeing more research that's coming out that, that backs that up. But from a, a diversity and inclusion point of view, from talent attraction and, and retention point of view, all of these things must be considered by employees. But Ultimately, I believe that it comes down to us as individuals with some help and support from the employer. With the help with individuals, financial well-being is so personal to all of us, a bit like well-being, as you mentioned previously. We're all in the, I know we mentioned this beforehand, same storm, different boats when it comes to its financial well-being and our own position and literacy. How do you go about supporting people in training programs that are at such different places on their own journey? This was the biggest challenge we had when I was working at my previous company and looking to sort of create programs and topics and things. This was definitely the toughest thing because we, we learned that maybe in the past, financial well-being or the extent of it had been, you know, talking about pensions, heavily about pensions. And that possibly would relate to a certain demographic that was getting to a certain age where it became really important and relevant to them. But gone are those days. And now what we've had to do is is offer activity and content and, and workshops and services that cater for absolutely everyone within a company. And every company that we deal with, whether they've got 10,000 employees or 10, have got a, a real mix and a real range of age, of job role, of income level, family situations, levels of confidence, experience, levels of neurodiversity we're seeing a huge amount of now. And we have to factor all of that in and, and consider all of that. So that's the biggest challenge we've come up with. I suppose for us, it's looking at 
taking a long-term approach with clients that we're not going to be able to do one workshop and, and cover everything for everyone, but be mindful that we can put a program together that does cover all the important issues and has got something for everyone. We've, we've introduced something recently where we can try and measure, you know, where people are at with their financial well-being and what their areas of focus might be. So whether a company does that exercise for themselves or, or we help them with that, that's a really important step to gauge, you know, what is the appetite? What are the needs to, to really make sure that personalization and, and relevance and, and inclusion is there? But it's definitely a challenge. It's one that hopefully we, we're getting right at the moment. From, from my perspective, it looks like you're doing an incredible job. And for those teams at the moment working in people functions, whether that's HR, wellbeing, reward and benefits, aside from salary reviews, fair pay, we mentioned pensions, what can they be doing? And especially the quick wins, we're very time poor at the moment and many organizations have restraints on budget. What can they be doing to be able to raise the awareness and get people through to a, a level of competency around that and their financial wellbeing? Well, the first thing that we kind of tell companies to do, and I don't want it to be counterintuitive to, to what we offer, but look at all the free options. There's a lot of things that companies can do to make the most of their existing providers. For one, every company will have a pension provider because of all-time enrollment. There's a lot more, I believe, that some of those providers can be doing to offer education and guidance, not necessarily advice, but education and guidance. I think looking at your existing providers and what do they offer, what else could they offer as part of their remit? I think utilizing networks and, and, you know, well-being champions, mental health first aiders, whatever might already be in place is a massive win. It could be a case of just upskilling them and including financial well-being as part of, of what they can offer and what they can consider for their, their teams. I think the issue sometimes for companies is finding the right content that will be relevant and, and suitable mm. and trusted. We try and help with that, with our services as well, but. Yeah, there's a huge amount that can be done for free. Uh, and I think then only once you've got that in place, you can look to enhance maybe your, your financial well-being initiatives and strategy. I love how many people will be listening back to that, making a long list of notes as to what they can be doing to weave financial well-being even further into their strategies. Ryan, I want to say a massive thank you for your time today. Podcast is never long enough, but there's definitely things that I've taken away and other people can into the future. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Harry. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace well-being, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.